from the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. What is going on, friends? Welcome to beautiful, sunny, warm Las Vegas, Nevada. We're here at the Paris Casino Hotel and Convention Center for the Mega Conference. That's right. It's the Big Daddy Conference. This is where all the newspaper and uh, key executives from major media companies across the country converge together here in Las Vegas once a year for the Mega Conference. We're talking about everything from management to culture to revenue, and we're here live on the trade show floor here at the Mega Conference. So stick around, stay close. Great stuff here from Las Vegas. We've got Charity Huff from January Spring stopping by here at the booth to uh, talk about specifically some sales strategies for how do you sell programmatic better? How to get prepared for that. Then we're going to have some listener questions. Thanks so much for all of our listener questions. Gosh, we get about 100 of these a month, so it's always hard to pick just three. So questions and answers for Tanya from Grand Rapids, Devin from Philly, and Greg from Minneapolis. Uh, your questions and those answers, hopefully some great advice, <laughs> coming up here from the trade show floor in Las Vegas. And then my part of the show, we're going to give you some ad sales training advice. And I'd like to call it the three C's of sales. C is in cat control, command, and convert. What are we gonna do to control the conversation, to command the conversation, and then convert that conversation to a sale? I've got that advice coming up for you here in just a couple of seconds, all straight ahead here on the Ad Sales Nation podcast. All right, I'd be a pretty terrible uh, sales coach if I didn't have some sponsors here of the Ad Sales Nation podcast. So please stick around, stay close, listen to these fine sponsors for only 30 seconds. These are people, companies poised to help take care of you out there in the Ad Sales Nation. We'll be right back. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at magazinemanager.com or newspapermanager.com. Openlook Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now, back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. All right, Deborah. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, everybody, for letting us pay some bills there. It's a little noisy here on the trade show floor, but we're still going to have some fun here from the Paris Hotel and Casino here at the Mega Conference for key executives in the newspaper business um, here in uh, Las Vegas. All right, let's talk about control, command, and convert. And then we're going to get to some listener questions. And of course, uh, Charity Huff's going to stop by here at the podcast uh, garage here, the podcast booth, uh, to talk about advertising technology. I think we all would recognize we're selling in a media landscape right now that's tougher than ever before. We have sessions on it all day going on here in Las Vegas at the Mega Conference. So what are we going to do as advertising salespeople to control that conversation with advertisers, 
to command that conversation with advertisers, and then ultimately to convert that conversation to a sale. We can call it the three C's of sale if you'd like to. Now, those of you that know me well know that I always group things in levels of three or in groupings of three. Why do I do that? I truly believe, and I'm going to be writing about it in my sales trifecta book that's going to be coming out here in a couple of months. I truly believe since the beginning of time, everything that's worth a darn has happened in groupings of three. Um, whether it takes, you know, the three things to uh, start a fire, whether it's H2O, three things that are foundational of water, or maybe it's the science behind the educators that have, uh, have taught since the beginning of time to increase retention, break things down into groups of three. And that's why today we're talking about control, command, convert, but then it's all about a conversation. That's the one thing I think is very often overlooked in the sales business, and that is understanding it's a conversation. If you're pitching people, if you're trying to sell people, that's not how sales are getting done today. Well, sure, we've all got a pitch in the background. I get it. We've all got sales sheets and we've got demos and and all that kind of stuff. I, I understand. I get it. But it's more about a conversation now than ever before. Because if you recall, 86 some percent of buyers would they would rather go to the dentist than talk to a sales professional, a consultant like all of us. So when we're talking with an advertiser, a lot of it is about having a great conversation. So maybe we could change this to the four C's of sales, right? (laughs) Control, command, convert, conversations. But let's focus in on control, command, and convert. Those three gears, if you will, of every conversation. Here's some thoughts I'd love to share with you. In having a conversation with an advertiser, number one, it's really important to understand the use of silence, I know it's kind of loud here on the trade show floor, so it's kind of hard for me to explain silence to you. But understanding silence in a conversation is what some people may have referred to in the old days as a good old-fashioned pregnant pause. Or maybe a pause for effect. Most salespeople don't understand what silence can do for them. When I'm having a conversation with somebody, I want them to understand that when you... I want you to understand when having a conversation with them that it's the pauses that give your advertisers time to be able to understand what it is that you're saying. The more complex the media product that you're selling, the more likely it is that you need to use silence and pauses to aid in absorption, retention, understanding. If you're like me, and I'm I'm self-admitted, I operate at 190 miles an hour all the time. I'm nonstop. But the thing is, I've got to ask myself, am I getting good retention or absorption from my advertisers, the person that I'm trying to sell to? The answer is a lot of times, no, because I'm operating way too fast. What that also leads us to is the understanding of cadence. What is cadence? Cadence is like that thing that you hear in the background that you might hear a marching band, a metronome. Maybe you see it in military marching, left, left left, right, left. It's important to recognize a good cadence. A good cadence of a conversation also will follow the understanding of a good story. The cadence of a conversation also can help aid in retention and understanding. If the cadence is one steady beat, it sounds good overall, but what it doesn't do is cause people to pay attention. It doesn't cause people to come in and out with you. So what I like to do is I like to speed up my cadence and then slow down my cadence. 
and then I'll speed up my cadence as I'm talking about something else. And then when I want to have deep understanding, I will slow down my cadence. Sometimes what I'll do to command and control the conversation is I'll actually whisper. One of the things that happened to me at an agency meeting not that long ago was that I noticed that a lot of folks were looking at their cell phones. They weren't paying attention to me. And boy, oh boy, didn't this make me crazy. I wanted to reach over and grab the cell phone out of their hand and say, pay attention to me. I've got something important to say. But I knew that it wasn't going to work that way. And so I just changed the volume of my conversation. And I changed the cadence of my conversation. And all of a sudden, I noticed that they all looked up. And once I had their attention again, then I sped my cadence and my volume back up, much like a DJ would do on the dance floor. You might say, Ryan, come on, man, seriously? Do you really have to be this dramatic? The, the answer is yes, for a fact. But the answer is great salespeople do this instinctively. When you watched The Wolf of Wall Street, do you recall that Leonardo DiCaprio's character at one point in the movie was trying to show proper sales? And what he did is he drove home the fear of missing out by whispering on the phone to the person that was there. If you know Jordan Belfort, you listen to any of his training, he'll tell you that if you're going to control the conversation, you've got to understand how to whisper sometimes in sales because it's dramatic and it drives effect. But what we also need to understand is cadence of our conversations. Our conversations with our advertisers need to follow a cadence that is much like a symphony, not like a military march. A military march would be more like left, 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 right, left, that's a very steady cadence, and it's not something that actually works in sales. When you're having a conversation with somebody, you want to monitor your cadence to make sure you're not always going at 90 miles an hour. Our conversation about control, command, to convert. To do that, you also really need to understand cadence. Cadence of a conversation for me, because I operate at such a fast pace and speed, is something that I have to control. I've got a post-it note right here on my computer. It says, very nicely, slow the heck down. <laughs> and those of you that know me know that that's one of the things that I need to do. So when I'm excited about an idea or a media product, I'm going to raise my speed of cadence up. I'm going to get faster and faster and faster as I try to drive excitement for it. And then when I need someone to understand something that I'm saying, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to lower my volume. I might even whisper. And then I'm going to pause to really make sure that they understand. I might even say to them, do you understand? Or does that resonate with you? Or do you have any questions? Or does that make sense to you? Commanding and controlling and converting conversations is really a higher level advanced selling strategy. It's difficult to teach this to somebody that doesn't know anything about their products. If you don't know how to control and command a conversation and you don't know anything about your product, it makes it really difficult for me to sell something to you or teach you how to have better cadence of conversation. Because cadence is another step of brain power. So the first thing to do is intimately understand your product set. Once you understand that, it becomes second nature. Then I can coach you on proper cadence to control command and convert that conversation. But if you're talking about converting that conversation, we also need to understand what is that sales call going to look like? Listen back to one of our last two podcasts where we talked about the sales call roadmap. 
If you're going to get great at this and having great conversations, quite honestly, you need to practice. It's going to need to be something that's rehearsed. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, Ryan, seriously, are we talking about role playing again? I'm not talking about role playing as much as I'm talking about practice. I mean, friends, Michael Jordan at the height of his career was shooting hundreds of free throws a day. You know, look at Tiger Woods. He's going to hit thousands of golf balls this week to stay the best golfer undoubtedly in the world. You've got to ask yourself, what am I doing to practice every day to hone my craft to be the very, very best that I can be? Control, command, and convert. Let's talk about converting the conversation. What's the one thing that very often is missing in a sales conversation? And that is you have to control the follow-up. You can have the best conversation with somebody, but at the end of the conversation, if they take control of the follow-up, your chances of converting drop exponentially. It's important to understand that as a final thought on this, we need to control the follow-up. We need to pull out our phone and get the next meeting on the calendar. We need to ask them, if they don't show up for our follow-up meeting, what do they want us to do? What do they want us to say? How do they want us to follow up with them? So folks, if you're thinking about this, friends, fans, control, command, and convert is about understanding cadence, understanding what you yourself can do to control that conversation, using silence, using whispers, understanding that a good story wrapped with data is always going to sell better than just facts and stats that are flat. If you want to get better in sales, you're going to have to control the next steps. If you're going to convert that conversation, you've got to know how to control the conversation. Friends, every day does not have to be a brand new day in sales land. It, it just doesn't have to be. You and I can be better because we look for repeatable patterns of success. And for me, repeatable patterns of success start with the gentle understanding that if we're going to command the conversation, we've got to control the conversation. If we're going to convert the conversation, we're going to have to control the follow-up. It's all about control, command, if we want to convert. Friends, every time we get together on this podcast, I try to share things with you that I see in my own sales life that are helping me. And I hope you'll put it into action. And just remember, if ad sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy or, or we found a career that'll feed our families for a lifetime. All right, we come back. We're going to, uh, Charity Huff is walking up here and going to sit down. We're going to talk about advertising technology and specifically what you guys can do to better prepare for meetings, really understand programmatic advertising in a bigger, batter and more vibrant way. And then after that, we're going to have questions and answers for Tanya, Devin, and Greg. All coming up next on the Ad Sales Nation podcast live from Las Vegas. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at magazinemanager.com or newspapermanager.com. Openlook Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now, back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. I'm here with uh, Charity 
from January spring in Vegas, baby, um, at the uh, mega conference. What's this conference um, all about? And then we'll get to the tech question of the day. Yeah, this is the key executive conference for the newspaper industry. This has become the show to be at if you are in newspaper publishing. Oh, wow. This is awesome. And so what are we talking about? It looks like, I mean, there's several hundred people here. There are 800 executives here from across the country. Man, this is awesome. So thank you so much for um, um, helping me get up in front of this group uh, this morning. And um, I was really worried at 8.30 a.m. in Las Vegas. I thought, who's going to be here? And that room was was packed, so we got some diehard people here. Indeed, and you had them going that early in the morning. <laughs> I try not to be too overly charismatic first thing in the morning, uh, Charity, because sometimes people are like, hey, my head hurts. Yeah, and I'm not a morning person, so you can't be that happy around me at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, there you go. So, All right, so we like to get together uh, each podcast and talk about advertising uh, tech. And I'm noticing, unfortunately, a lot of sales reps um, are not really preparing correctly for their sales calls, especially as it relates to digital. So as you're out there on the street selling, you guys co-sell with uh, my clients and with your clients. As you're co-selling, what kind of things are you hoping that the rep will prepare for prior to the sales call, specifically as we're talking about selling digital products like programmatic and things like that? Yeah, you know, it only takes 15, 20 minutes to do a proper prep. And what we always ask of the reps that we're working with and our own local coaches that come out and ride with reps do the same kind of prep. We start by looking at the advertiser's website to get a sense of what's important to them, what are their their areas of business, what are the audiences and those target customers that they're going after. And then one thing that I see uh, sales reps overlook often is Facebook. Go to their Facebook page because that Facebook page is going to tell you what's important to them right now. You can see from the info and ad section what paid advertising they're doing and you can see what brands they're posting, what events, what specials. You can build an entire conversation and prep just off of that one that one channel. Yeah, one of the things, so what you're saying about the conversation points, I tell people that all the time. You've got to be looking for what are things that we can do and say to either help somebody promote products they currently have or what are some conversation points that we could have you know, with different folks. I also notice, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, Sometimes you can tell about a company's lack of commitment to social media and digital by what they're not doing online or that they posted in 2017. (laughs) My favorite is when there's only a static picture that says, Happy New Year, you know, (laughs) enjoy your turkey day. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. where there's no content whatsoever. Yeah, so whether you're in local media sales or you're doing B2B sales, this whole idea of prepping, say, five minutes before you walk in the door um, probably doesn't give you the right ammunition that you would need. And is, is, that's my thought. Well, then you're like every other salesperson walking through the door. So you don't have an opportunity to stand out and really differentiate yourself and prove why you are worthy of their time. Yeah, it makes sense. Now, specifically as it relates to programmatic, like geotargeting, search retargeting, stuff like that, are there some specific things we're looking for online before the call? to try to help that call go a little bit smoother or something like that? Yeah, one of the things that we always teach our reps to think of is the competitors. If you can go in and have a conversation around who their competitors are, and you know, you'll get the classic, I don't have competitors, everybody has competitors. (laughs) Who are they competing in that market for share of voice? 
that's a really helpful piece because we can build an entire campaign that's around competitive conquesting. Okay, that makes sense. Now, um, what about just in terms of keywords and things like that? Do we need to do that kind of stuff in advance of the conversation or is that a part of the conversation with the advertiser? I prefer to have that be mostly captured during the conversation with the advertiser. But if you're looking at their Facebook page and you can see that they're the only Lululemon dealer in Springfield, Missouri, I would make note of it because there's probably some things that are really unique to them that you can just use as a prompting question when you go see them. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, do you have some clients that are using like SpyFu and other tools like that to see um, what clients are doing with like SEM and stuff like that? Is that helpful or is that maybe coming with too much information? What's your opinion? My team lives in SpyFu, so we spend a ton of time there. But, you know, it depends on the advertiser and the type of person they are. If they're a data-rich person and they're going to want to dig into those kind of weeds, then it might be appropriate. But I don't think it's a necessary piece. For us, it is because we have to turn around and build out those campaigns, and you need all that detail. But you don't necessarily need it to sell. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, so if you don't mind, um, stick around. We'll um, record some more uh, for our podcast next month because I really kind of want to talk about ego-driven buyers versus logic-driven buyers. Um, we're going to talk about that in some detail. Emotional buyers, um, because as it talks about selling programmatic, you got different people that need different things for us to complete that sale. So if you're cool, we'll stick around here at the Mega Conference. We'll record another one uh, for another episode of Ad Sales Nation, if that sounds good to you. That sounds great, because uh, what we're saying here at the Mega Conference is that unlike the marketing logo, what stays in Vegas, what happens <laughs> in Vegas stays in Vegas, right. here we want stuff going home and being put into practice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, All right, Charity Huff from January Spring. Find out more online at JanuarySpring.com. All right, we'll see you. Uh, we're here, here, more from Charity here in just a couple of minutes, and we'll record her for next month's Ad Sales Nation podcast uh, live from Vegas here uh, as well. All right, thanks, Charity. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the show is uh, listener questions, so keep those coming in. You can drop them in the email to me, the email. Drop them in the email, ryan at ryandorn.com, ryan at ryandorn.com. Last name is D-O-H-R-N, ryan at ryandorn.com. And, of course, we're going to be sending uh, to our three people that have been chosen this week. We'll send you an Ad Sales Nation T-shirt, Tanya, Devin, and Greg. Uh, let's get uh, to your questions. People are walking by and waving and making funny faces here in, at the mega conference in, in Las Vegas. All right, Tanya from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Go Big Blue. I am struggling with the objection, my business is based on referrals. I do not need to advertise. Any help is appreciated. Good question, Tanya. Struggling with objections is something that we deal with every single day is advertising salespeople out there on the street. Now, I know a lot of you don't like to hear this, but what I've put together is an objection flashcard deck. And you might say, oh my gosh, Ryan, here we go. We're going to be doing 2 plus 2 is 4 and 6 times 8 is 48 on our flashcards. Well, sort of, yeah, <laughs> to be honest. What I found is that most media salespeople are not properly prepared for objection handling and so because of that, we tend to fumble or misstep a little bit when objections are presented in front of us because the pressure of handling objections in front of advertisers live in the moment is all a part and parcel to the conversation we had earlier in the podcast about controlling the conversation if you want to command the conversation to convert the conversation. So the objection is my business is based on referrals. I don't need to advertise. 
because this is an objection that I'm going to get almost every single day, if I'm not going to get it at least a few times a week, I'm always prepared. So my response is very simple. Thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, I have great respect for your opinion as it relates to how you operate your business. I do have a concern, however. May I share that concern with you? Never has an advertiser said, no, I don't, I don't want to know your concern. So I use that a lot. I have a concern. May I share my concern with you? And they say, sure. You know, what is your concern? My concern is that very often by the time you know or realize that you need more business, I'm two to three months from being able to really impact the leads coming into your business or the customers coming into your business. The problem with word of mouth and referrals is that it's hit or miss, it's very, very slow, and you're relying on untrained people, just general business people that are untrained in marketing to carry your marketing message to the masses. My other concern is that if you're not perfect in your branding, perfect in all of your statements, perfect in everything that you do, you're asking untrained people to carry a message that may be off-target out to the masses. You're essentially relying on other people to do your marketing for you. And while that might come across as being very cost-effective, one of the problems that we have here around the world is social media. And so the other problem with referrals and word-of-mouth marketing is that people are only as loyal as their last worst experience with your with your company. Very rarely do people actually go online and share good news. <laughs> but for the most part, what a lot of people do is they share bad news, a, a lot, a lot of bad news, and it spreads like wildfire online. So, you know, Tanya, as I think about this question, it's a great question. I think there's a couple ways to handle it. First and foremost, I'd love for you to consider saying something like, I really respect your opinion and, and on running your business. I have a lot of respect for you. However, I do have a concern. May I share my concern with you and then go into the explanation that I just said. Word of mouth is slow. Referrals are slow. By the time you realize you need customers, I'm going to be two or three months from being able to help you very much effectively. And you're relying on untrained people to take your marketing message to the masses. And that in and of itself can be, can be pretty dangerous. So, Tanya, I hope that you find that helpful. But friends, think about the flashcard idea. Because on a sales team, if you can't really fast handle objections smoothly and eloquently, quite honestly, um, you're going to get left behind. You're going to get outsold by somebody else. So, all right, stay warm up there in Grand Rapids, Tanya. All right, Devin from Philadelphia, PA. Devin asked this question. An advertiser of mine has gone dark. They were super interested and then nothing. No responses to email, no responses to phone call calls. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Devin, um, this is something that happens to all of us. Now, Devin, I don't know if you're new to the business, old to the business, or whatever. So let me just give you sort of an overview on this phenomenon called the advertiser that has gone dark. It happens all the time because in a lot of circumstances, we've been selling based on deadlines. We've been using old school sales strategies. And we've put people under a ton of pressure, and we've not given them permission to say no. What? Ryan, are you serious? Give somebody permission to say no? I've never heard that before. Well, it's something that I teach because I truly believe in it. At the end of a sales call, I'm, what I'm going to do, and I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, I'm going to pull out my phone, and I'm going to say, thanks so much. I'm thrilled that you want to think about this. Could we follow up together, say, Thursday at 3? 
I always try to follow up within 48 hours. Why? Well, law enforcement tells us if they don't find a suspect in 48 hours, their chances of catching that criminal, solving that crime, drop dramatically. It applies in sales, too. Your excitement is only going to last about 48 hours. If you don't follow up within 48 hours, quite honestly, your chances of catching that advertiser and locking them up into a contract like a criminal, locking them up into a contract is going to drop dramatically. So I pull my phone out and I say, how about Thursday at 3? If they say no, then for me, it's really important for me to resurrect that conversation by letting somebody know, hey, it's okay to say no. I would personally rather have someone say yes. But if they say no to me, I'm going to respect their no. So here's what it looks like. I want to follow up with you Thursday at 3. If your answer is yes, great. If your answer is I need more time, not a problem. If your answer is I need more data, not a problem. Happy to help. If your answer is no, I'm going to respect your no. I'm not going to try to sell you further. See, a lot of times, Devin, the reason that advertisers don't call you back is because they, they, they're not interested, but they're afraid to tell you no, and so it's easier for them just quite honestly to ignore you. You're easily deletable. It takes one button to press delete. It takes one button to delete your email. So what I like to do is I don't want to negotiate against myself. But on the sales call, I want them to understand that if the timing's not right or if their answer is no, I'm going to respect their no. And a lot of times, I, I have people a lot actually say to me, Ryan, you're one of the only salespeople that I actually respect because if I say no to you, you don't just keep right on selling me. Friends, I think you would agree with me on this, and every sales trainer in America is going to shoot me for saying this. Never let someone say no. Friends, I would rather somebody say yes, but if they say no, at least it doesn't waste my time. And I know if they tell me no and I keep selling on them, guess what? I'm a typical salesperson, and they're probably not going to buy from me in the future because I'm a typical salesperson. And I don't want to be typical. I want to be a sales superstar. All right, Devin, some other ideas. I'd like to offer incentives to people. Maybe it's a relaunch incentive. Maybe it's a new business incentive, a small business incentive. Maybe it's a buy three ads, get one free. Maybe it's a buy four, get more. We have a program right now, buy four ads, and the fourth ad will double the size of your ad. Maybe you're doing a spring special, a dollar for dollar matching advertising credit special. All of those type of things can potentially reignite a conversation. But one of the things I also do is the subject line, have you fired me? And then the email might be, hey, Devin, have you fired me? And I wasn't aware, question mark, LOL. You were very super, you were super interested in this project, in this media or whatever the circumstances. Any update is appreciated. I don't want to be one of those salespeople that's going to send you 10,000 emails. Any update is appreciated. Devin, this happens a lot. You're going to find something that's going to work more specifically for you, but probably What's happened is when you were following the sales call roadmap, which we're going to get to in Greg's question here in a second, you may not have laid the groundwork at the end of that phone call to or the end of that sales call to control the follow up. All right. So, Devin, I hope that's uh, helpful to you. It leads us, though, into a question from Greg from Minneapolis. Greg says, Ryan, I was intrigued by your sales call roadmap. I loved it. Cool, Greg. Love to hear that. And Greg says, I use it. It works. Awesome. He's struggling, though, to control the follow-up. What people are saying is they always want to call him back. So Greg says, hey, Ryan, any help is appreciated. There are some times when you will get caught at the end of a sales call in this loop. 
in this loop with these advertisers is they want to control the conversation. They want to call you back. And no matter what you suggest, times, dates, methods, they're the ones they want to call you back. And so for me, there are circumstances where that is the case. So there's two things that I might do on this, Greg. One, I might say to the advertiser, I just want to make sure this is something you're interested in. Because maybe you don't want me to call you because you're not really interested. If that's the case, I'd rather you tell me now because I don't want to be, you know, a typical salesperson that's going to bother you. And a lot of times they'll say, no, 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 no. I'm really interested. I just have a lot of legwork to do. I've got to go to a committee, to my astrologer, to my, you know, talk to my, talk to my partner, whatever the circumstances. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to go have a baby, you know, whatever the circumstances. So there are some legitimate circumstances. Then there's some circumstances where they actually don't want a proposal or they don't want you to follow up. They're just having a hard time saying no to you because, heck, Greg, you're probably like me, really, really nice guy. Then, friends, there's other circumstances where it's legit. I mean, they just, they really, truly do need time. So here's what I very often do. If they won't set a meeting on the calendar, Greg, I'll say to them, you know, the ball is shifted into your court. And if I don't hear back from you in, say, two weeks, just as an example, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to follow up with you? If I don't hear back from you, do you want me to text you? Do you want me to call you? Do you want me to email you? Do you want me to call you every day, every three days, email you every day, send smoke signals, send over cookies, coffee? I mean, what, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to act? Now, I'm being a little overly dramatic because we're here on the podcast and I'm trying to have some fun with you. And hey, we're out here in Las Vegas, right at the mega conference, having fun um, at the conference. But I want you to understand that it's A-OK to ask for permission and figure out what they want you to do as it relates to follow-up. It, it's A-OK. Ask an advertiser, how do you want me to follow up with you? Otherwise, what a lot of times I'll say is, if I don't hear from you, then it forces me to become sort of that, that salesperson that's going to call every couple days and send you a bunch of emails. And I don't want to be that person. It's sort of like when I say to my boys, boys, guys, they're not really boys anymore, guys, Please don't make me be the parent that I don't want to be. Please don't make me have to be that person that's constantly coming down on you. Just do the right thing, and we'll, we'll get along great together. Same respect. Please don't make me be that salesperson that you don't want me to be, that's calling you 10,000 times, leaving you all kinds of voicemails, sending you all kinds of emails. Here's what I found, Greg. When you're real, they will also be real. And so because of that, you can actually control the follow-up without actually controlling the follow-up. Now, Greg, I would say, as you look down that sales call roadmap, now, if you can set a time for follow-up, that's almost always better. Validate. Do they really want you to follow up, or are they just trying to be nice? But, you know, Greg is, I think that um, the Greg, this Greg, I, I know this Greg. Greg, I think the thing is, a lot of times it might just be the complexity of the product that you're selling. You've got some fairly complex media product. So, you know, just schedule a time for follow-up. Do your very, very best to set that meeting and control the follow-up. But if you can't, then just validate how do they want you to follow up with them. And I think then if they don't call you back, hey, then you need to unleash the hounds. You know, you need to go after them in the most ethical and honest way. 
uh, that you think will make sense. Greg, Devin, Tanya, thank you so much for these questions. And as you guys all know, I love coaching. I love sales coaching. I love giving sales advice because, hey, it's something that I do every single day. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the Ad Sales Nation podcast this month from Vegas. I hope that you thought that that was uh, fun. I know it was a little noisy in the background here, but there's lots of vendors and lots of folks that are having a great time here at the Mega Conference. If you missed it this year, be sure to uh, check it out uh, next year in Vegas, especially if you're in uh, the newspaper business. And I'm a big fan of going to conferences. We've got the Super Niche Conference coming up in Nashville here. Uh, coming up here in just a few weeks. So if you're uh, not too late to sign up for that, check that out as well. All right, friends, my name is Ryan Dorn. I've been doing this for 28 years and I love it. I love the media sales business. Would love to come to your office and train your teams as well. So be sure to get on my calendar for that. We've also got online coaching over at 360adsales.com. 14 hours of ad sales training. I just recorded my brand new level two training videos. So check those out and use the promo code SAVE50. Use the promo code SAVE50 over at 360adsales.com for those ad sales training videos. 14 hours of brand new training that will help you be the very best that you can be out there on the street. All right, friends, take care. God bless all of you. Get out there and sell something. If you need something, reach out to me, ryan at ryandorn.com. The website is 360adsales.com. That will do it for us live from the Las Vegas Strip at the Paris Casino and the Mega Conference here. Next podcast coming up right after this is going to be six new business development tips for success. So stick around and stay close for that. I'm Ryan Dorn. We will see you next time on the Ad Sales Nation podcast. <laughs>